Today we continue on in our winter sermon series, Living the Verse Us of Scripture. As we look to the verses in Scripture to help us live the tensions, the challenges, the pushes and the pulls of life. And so far we've, we've dealt with rationalizing versus responding. We've looked at vegetating versus vibrancy. Entertainment versus enthusiasm. Image versus identity. Contacts versus community. Independence versus intimacy. And today, we're going to explore masking versus meaning. Today is, there's something else going on in the world today. It's kind of important for a lot of people, right? The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl gets a lot of focus, attention. Money is spent in buku amounts. It's a very large cultural phenomenon. We have something in the Christian faith coming up soon that's very important to us, but it doesn't have the same pizzazz as a halftime show. It's called the season of Lent. It starts in 10 days on Ash Wednesday, when for 40 days we track with Jesus his time in the wilderness, pretty much the opposite of a Super Bowl experience and yet one that was so foundational and so important in shaping who Jesus was to become and how he would begin his ministry. This is a very important time for us, and though we won't spend a lot of money on it probably, I hope we'll spend some time connecting, connecting with Christ and the deeper meanings of our faith as we transverse this time and this season of Lent. But before we have Ash Wednesday, the night before is called Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, right? And so, what happens on Mardi Gras? Why, people don masks, if I can get it on here. Not very good. Well, we'll make the most of it. What would Mardi Gras be without masks? For Mardi Gras and masquerade parties, people wear masks, like the one I'm wearing. You're wearing masks, but I can see your eyes, those of you who have masks on. These make it harder to see who's behind the mask, and some masks are really elaborate. They're ornate and colorful, and some masks like this one are more plain and simple. But in many cases, like like Halloween and masquerade parties... Masks are worn to completely cover up one's identity. I dare say you know who's behind this mask. Now, we're not here to take a look at tangible masks like the one I'm holding in my hand. We're here to deal with the intangible masks that we wear, but nobody but we don't think anybody knows about it. 
Jesus didn't use the word mask, but he did call the scribes and Pharisees hypocrites and blind guides. To blind is to prevent from seeing. Peekaboo. To blind is to prevent from seeing. And Jesus went on to say that they were more concerned with the outside presentation than with inner realities. You clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but the inside are full of greed and self-indulgence. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they're full of bones of the dead and all kinds of filth. So you also on the outside look righteous to others, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. To whitewash is to cover over. You see, Jesus, in a way, was talking about masking. So what are some of the things people mask? What are some of the things we mask? Well, certainly, greed and self-indulgence, as Jesus pointed out, but also pride, resentment, feelings of superiority, or feelings of inferiority. We mask our fears. Fears of rejection. Fears of failure. Fears of letting down a friend or a loved one. Fear that if someone knew what I'm really like, they wouldn't like me at all. Fear of being found out to be a fake. Fear of being all alone. And we mask our problems. Problems at work. Problems at school. Problems at home. Performance problems. Emotional problems. And even spiritual problems. How many times have you seen a situation where two people are clearly having a problem and then later, later they pretend as if nothing is wrong at all. Issues get swept under the rug. Smoke screens are put up. And tracks, tracks are covered over. And so the sayings go. Now, some masking is probably okay. Like if a couple is having an argument and have to go out into public and they agree to put it on hold until they get back home. That kind of masking is probably appropriate. But when masking becomes a pervasive pattern, I'm convinced it will eventually lead to even greater problems. I submit to you now that masking, masking can lead to Meaninglessness. The more you conceal of who you are and your true identity, 
the less in touch you'll be with reality and your core true self. And the less you're in touch with that reality, the less meaning you will probably have in your life. And then these words of Shakespeare, as found in Macbeth, will fit. Life is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. I think one of the most painful experiences of life is meaninglessness. Meaninglessness. When life no longer makes sense, when the present seems dead, when the future seems impossible, and when our closest relationships are shallow, broken, and masked over. We are cursed in those times with emptiness, meaninglessness. And none of us escapes that feeling of a terrible void sometime in life. The collapse of meaning has plagued every age and every stage of life. And I am convinced that masking and covering up is one of the biggest contributors to that. The more you mask, the less meaning you will have. And the less you mask, the more meaning you will have. It's that simple. It's that simple. But how, you may be asking, does that happen? Well, that's where our passage from from Ephesians that, that Joe read for us comes in. But first, I want to turn to Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang. Linus is walking carrying a single lit candle. And Charlie Brown says, well, what's this? And Linus says, I've heard it's better to light a single candle than to curse the darkness. And Charlie Brown says, that's true, although there will always be those who disagree with you. And Lucy says, you stupid darkness, you stupid darkness. Reading now from Ephesians, verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord and, and take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. When something is covered over or masked, 
it becomes dark and hidden from light. The part of my face behind the mask a moment ago, that part of my face was in darkness. As soon as I took it off, it was exposed by the light. The fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. That's the meaning I'm talking about. When you let the real you come out and be exposed to the light, the truth of who you are will give your life more meaning and ultimately be fruitful. Anything growing in creation that bears fruit needs light. We need the light of Christ and the light of our faith to be fruitful. And yet, I submit to you as well today that the light, that light, well, that light's not always welcome. That light is not always welcome. It was Plato who said, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The tragedy of life is when adults are afraid of the light. When adults are afraid of the light. The light which exposes can indeed be a fearful thing. The light of Christ ultimately brings all things, every single thing about us to the light. And some people love the darkness and Hide from the light. And how many times have we preferred the comfort of well-established routines and even pain? Haven't we believed that maintaining some of our habits that we know aren't so good seem less costly and less hurtful than bringing it to the light and having to begin all over again? It's as though we're afraid to enter the spiritual light of our faith without, without sunglasses and tanning lotion. Those things that block or mask us from the light. You see, we need the right exposure. We need the right exposure. Listen to the last four verses of our text. Sleeper, awake! Rise from the dead, and Christ, Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand, understand what is the will of the Lord. The light of Christ in all its fullness, is truly the right exposure. It's the right exposure. You know, you all know in old school photography how, how film needs the right exposure to light if the picture is to have its most beautiful outcome. That's what photographers know. They have to get the, the light exposure just right. So too do we need the right exposure to Christ's light. But the more we cover up, 
the more we conceal, the more we hide from ourselves and from others and from God, the less of our true colors and beauty and quality come through. Because the picture of our life, as God wants it, is to be beautiful. But if it's not, the color of our life won't have much meaning. Perhaps we begin by coming into God's presence and the light of Christ and pray something like this. Cleanse me, O Lord, from secret faults and in the X-ray light of eternity, help me to see the dark and covered places of my life. Friends, the visibility, what we see, what we see and the guidance of the light are crucial for us as Christians. Coming into the light in this way may seem as though the Lord is asking a lot of us, but look at what He's done for us. The more transparent we are to the light, the more real and authentic we will be to what and who God has created us to be. Children of God. The more we mask, the less meaning we're going to have. And the less we mask, the more meaning we will have. It's that simple. It's that simple. Light. 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 Lifted. Living. Life. The light of Christ. The right exposure. Amen.